You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesanel, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown. Hey everyone, welcome to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey, and I have the pleasure today of being with local writer Jessica Lee Libos. Welcome. Thank you. It's such a beautiful day. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. This is, and just to set the scene, so this show is going to come out on Wednesday the 15th, which will be T minus two days to the biggest holiday at the St. Patrick's Day in Savannah. We're recording this the week before. We're in the middle of pollen time. (laughs) Weather-wise, it's beautiful. (laughs) Okay, so here's a little bit, here's a little description of Jessica. She, her bio, she calls herself writer, adopted southerner, anti-socialite, camellia thief. The, the first book is a collection of observations about Savannah, and, and coincidentally so is the second book. So. Okay. <laughs> Savannah is your, your muse, yeah, right? So it's Savannah is my muse. So your first book is called Savannah Sideways from 2018. Um, and you used to write, you had a, a regular column in the Connect Savannah mm-hmm. that started in 2011, right? Yeah. Back in the heyday of the Connect Savannah. It was really a great time to yeah. be in Savannah. Yeah, yeah. And even before that, too, and that, you know, that that was sort of like, the, we had a great team of people who worked there and covered the community and, yes. you know, just... So and, much covering about arts and mm-hmm. events and culture. It was, yeah. yeah, a real heyday. I didn't even plan this because I'm terrible at planning, but I love that you are the interview that's coming out right before St. Patrick's Day because, you know, the interview is about the process of writing and being a working writer and the creativity, but it's also, you know, it's always about, like, the subject matter people have, and your whole subject matter is Savannah, so I feel like it's perfect (laughs) for coming out at St. Patrick's time. I love it. Okay, so let's start. So you were born in New Jersey, and then you were raised in Arizona, right? Right. Yeah, New Jersey is, you know, is a long time ago, but I'm, I'm told I still have a little bit of it in me, but I grew up in Arizona, my early childhood, and up through um, college, and then I, you know, dramatically shaved my head and moved into a Volkswagen bus and was driving, I was on my way to Alaska, and my van broke down in, just north of the Golden Gate Bridge in Marin County, and there I met Mark Lebos. Savannian and just out and about. Yeah, well, my my, my van broke down actually. That that was very, and so I ended up really being planted in Marin County, okay. which is a, a really also a really special place, and where I learned, I think, for the first time, like what it means to live in community, and and really um, and also having fun. Like you know, we lived in a very small town called Fairfax, which is you know the last real town before the Point Reyes National Seashore, which is this beautiful oh. wilderness. So uh, living there was amazing. And yeah. um, so, and that's where I met Mark Libos and he had come out from Savannah. And we would come back here every, at least twice a year for long periods of time. He still had all his family here. Um, his family has, um, has, is here and they have a beach house at Tybee. So that was, you know, I married well, I don't know what to tell you. So we would come <laughs> back a lot and stay at Tybee and stay in town. And I got to know Savannah in yeah. the, kind of the mid nineties on, and then Mark's mom got sick and she, um, she had frontal temporal dementia and was declining sort of, you know, at a 45 degree angle. And we, I realized one, the summer of 2005, while we were here that we, this was our window that we needed to come and be there for her. Yeah. Our kids were still small enough that we could, you know, make an easy transition. And 
compared to Marin County, it, the housing was much more affordable. Uh, we were I never going imagine. to be yeah. buying a house in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we, when I moved here, had all these dreams of like some gorgeous Victorian, and you know, we yeah, can yeah. redo house. We don't redo things like I don't know, we're Jews. Like we just, it's not, it's not in our wheelhouse, <laughs> and we sure wish we, you know, bought more property. But <laughs> you got to know yourself. One, we have a lovely home yeah. with like mid-century great place and oh, that's, well yeah. that's an, a whole other like aspect of savannah's we do have a lot of mid-century modern amazing things yeah. how the city was built backwards you know as you as you go further south you it's like these demarcations oh, the eras. of oh, architectural eras it's yeah. really interesting so are you kind of in like midtown or ardsley mm -hmm. park is that yeah uh, uh, well so when i mean if you said ardsley park was like where i live they were like oh that's ridiculous that's not where it is 50 you know yeah. ardsley park stops at, stops at 52nd street 52nd lane actually you know I mean, there's a lot really, of old rules oh, absolutely so more like Habersham village areas okay got describe it. it but and it's like I personally think the best neighborhood in Savannah because it's the red and white is there Habersham yes. liquor coffee deli <laughs> Still a, a camera and Photoshop, which I love. I know. That Savannah camera still has is such that. a treasure. It makes me so happy. Agreed. The Agreed. only other thing, they, I don't know if it's still there. For a long time on Victory, there was like a, like a sewing machine repair shop. I, I would love it if it were still there. I do too. I used to take my sewing machine there to be repaired. That's I was, very you know, cool. I don't know. And I don't. I'm, I barely use it anymore because I'm. If it breaks, I don't know who to take it to. I love things like that, or like like a typewriter repair shop or something. I don't think those exist anymore. I don't think that's it anymore. No. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing, but... <laughs> but I did once get a lamp repaired at a lamp repair oh. store. I don't... I love... In any, Savannah? Um, this was actually in D.C. But okay. I love... Anytime that there's, like, a thing, like, a business of people who work with their hands and repair old things and then they hand it down to the next generation is... I feel like you that's could my open... my vibe. If you were a fixity person, you could open a storefront and have people bring their small appliances to you to fix because people don't fix shit anymore. I know, I know. They throw it away. Things are just built now to be Well, and then they explode and they're such and... poor quality. But but if we knew, if it were easy, if it were somebody in your neighborhood or in your, you know, in your town, and you're like, here is my vacuum cleaner and my, you know, my toaster yeah. and this little handheld blender thing. Can you help me, you know? A vacuum cleaner and a blender, those are really good suggestions because I think... My mom still has like the same vacuum cleaner and blender from the 80s because mm -hmm. things then were they, we they still, were constructed yeah. to last mm -hmm. a really long time. Yeah. Anyway, it's a different okay. time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've been you've been like living full time in Savannah since about 2005, 2006. 2006? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, cool. And were you? Um, did you ever live out on Tybee? Yes, that's that very interesting. We lived our first year out on Tybee. Yeah. So the people that I know that live on Tybee full time are um well first of all Shirley Sessions the mayor and her sister Sandy are some of the first people I met when we when we lived that year on Tybee was a really interesting time and it was a really good buffer for me because it was a real heartbreak for me to break up with California and so oh, living yeah. on Tybee being in this tiny little community and we immediately met people who were wonderful and took us in and yeah. we so and the children had these wonderful friends such great people on Tybee I don't know that I've heard that they're afraid to come downtown, but they just don't want to leave Tybee because it's kind of that great. They're a little thing, yeah. Because living, you know, and now it's really changed a lot. I think that a lot of people yes. who, there's a lot more, um, you know, there's obviously a lot more. The short-term rental situation there is, yes. is really infuriating for a lot of people. And then people, I think, have homes in there and have homes in other places. So there's a lot of people who aren't from, full -time. from the South at all who are there, who bought, this is their kind of retirement winter place. So when you arrived in town, were you working as a professional writer early on? Yes. I mean, at that point, like when I got, first got here, I mean, I had two children who were like 
when we moved here, they were six and two. And so I freelanced for like publications in San Francisco. I had a blog. Like, ju- like journalism? That's what you were Journalism, but I've always, or? I know. My, so my degree, is, I am not a trained journalist, and I've never said I was. Okay. I don't want everybody to know that. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, no. For I, the I, record. For, I, I have always called myself a writer. I have a degree in creative writing. Oh, okay. My first job, um, and my first jobs were for alternative news weeklies. And so I was staff at Alternative News Weekly in California. That's what I was doing when Mark and I met. I was, yeah. the, I was the columnist. I was very California. 24, and th- you know, I mean, I thought I was real hot shit. Like, you know, <laughs> you were. I mean, I guess it, it was. Those were a, it, those were amazing years because I felt like at that 24, 25, I did not. I, I felt, I had felt like I had sort of escaped a really. Um, like dangerous life path. I had a lot of issues when I was young with drugs and destructive behaviors. And um, I mean, I had a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. You know, and I have, I have a, come from a great family and I have the privilege of parents who cared about me. And so, but I also, I was so grateful by that point in my life to have like turned my life around. I had this job at the newspaper. Yeah. I mean, I made no money, yeah. you know, but at this, I mean, I live in this, oh my God, this crazy that kind house of lifestyle. Like, of yeah. When you're young, yeah. you don't care. I mean, yeah. my rent was like two, $300. Right. You a million people in your crazy house. people. Yeah. It was so that kind of thing. And it was so fun. And I was, I found this guy. And I think when I, like when Mark and I started dating, we had been friends a long time before when we first met. And then I was, I real like slowly in our friendship, I'm like, this guy's like a really good guy. And, and I, you know, we would do a lot of things together. I, I was at the paper there and he would, um, I don't, I mean, he was in grad school. I'm like, do you, I mean, he, all he did was surf and like smoke weed yeah. and come on like hikes with me. And like, so I'm like, do you, are you He had really become Californian. He's yeah. He definitely was having a good time. He fished a lot. He really enjoyed the, the nature there. It's just, uh, it's just astounding. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful here, but the, the mountains, it's just different. Yeah. You know? It's different and trees. It's cooler, it's yeah. Um, anyway, Long story short, like I, you know, I saw him with his shirt off one day, and I was like, "Oh, well, he he is cute, isn't he?" <laughs> so, and then that literally, like after that, it was like, "Bam!" And um, and we got, we knew pretty early on that like this is it, and we're gonna, you yeah, know. And yeah. so, when the first time I came to Savannah, the air is so different here. You know, I, mean, I grew up in Arizona where it's super dry, right? And California it was like moist and dank. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't love like the constant nice. rain. That was, wasn't my favorite. The summers were glorious, but or, like or the fall, but like oof, wet and cold. Yeah, not my favorite. Here's like walking be, through soup. Well, and it was like, but it was it was like kind of the first time I came, it was the winter. It was like a December, and it, it there was still like a moistness in the air, but it was beautiful. I and mean, we were out at Tybee, and like it's kind of great here, isn't it? Yeah. And I stood on that trip. His mother, Marsha Libos, um, was the first docent and developed the museum, like helped develop the museum program and the docenting program at Mikveh Israel Synagogue. So she was this font of history and information. She was the loveliest. She was so sweet. I just, you know, I love my mother-in-law very much. And that was why when she got sick that I, I said, well, we, we just have to do this. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and not only like, is it the right thing to do? It, it's, it's the best thing for our family as well. I mean, the best thing we, I'm so glad we came here and my kids were raised here. I mean, it was really, people were like, oh, you're taking your little fairy hippie children 
to the south? What you know, your son wears dresses to the park, and I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm like, you know what? I think I think we're gonna be good. Like, yeah. I had you know, and we when we came here, the kids went to Charles Ellis Montessori, and we had the most wonderful community there. Yeah, yeah. it was it was it worked out. Because not you're not just coming anywhere in the south; you're coming so, to Savannah. Exactly. You know, so, but your school. question was, was I working as, as a, a writer? writer? Yes. Um, and so from there, I mean, I got married and then I became a freelancer and that was like the whole dot-com era and it was like all of a sudden I was, I was making a ton of money as a freelancer because okay. they were paying the same, the content was for the same as like on print. I'm like, whoa, cool. And then within a couple of years, the dot-com, everything busted and they realized you can just use user-generated content. We'll make people write their own reviews and we'll, uh, you know, I'm like, right, okay, right, right. but I still have a little bit of work, but again, um, and you know, making ends meet in Northern California. So I was freelance writing, I taught dance classes, yeah. I ran like this sort of community center. I had a whole bunch of different jobs. But as you get older, it gets, mm -hmm. it's, it's not as fun like living like that anymore. You no. can't So keep when going. I came to Savannah, I, um, after a, about a year, I, there was a wonderful publication here called Skirt. Do you, were you here I remember for that. Skirt? Yeah, that magazine. So I was the editor of Skirt for two years. It was such it was such an incredible opportunity I got to interview people mostly women one man a month in the community and find out each other find out people's stories yeah. and not it wasn't just Savannah it was Beaufort and Hilton Head so I made created a lot of relationships oh, there yeah. and learned about St. Helena I, learned, you know, I, I got to know the area um, like the learning curve was you know straight up and and it yeah. was my job and it was awesome and you were and like a documentarian basically documentarian also got to have my personality and wear like cute outfits and get invited to all the fun things oh, and yeah. that was so great it was the best job but it only lasted a couple of years because it was the crash of 2009 and it didn't really survive well, that so magazines like that did they they needed to rely on having a lot like, of advertising like yes okay. exactly so they're all advertising driven and that was you know i mean it, it was a big women's magazine and so it yeah. had and it was a feminist and all the content was like very woman friendly yeah. gay friendly like you know but the ads were like you know i mean it was like plastic all surgeons the, oh, and like you know okay. but that's you know you have to this is it's a market it's a business and i don't i don't have a problem with that i really don't i mean as it, you know i understand like the journalism is its own thing but when you want to put out a publication that that people that is entertaining and it's about people and it's about where you live I mean that's you know you have to respect that this is a business climate too so it has you have to strike a balance right you know so I'm not I'm not mad at ads and I'm not mad at but it's also did, you know so did those companies eventually were they just not seeing getting more business through advertising and so they just stopped yeah, the whole thing crashed it's a that. whole like the whole thing of corporate media I mean if something's not performing and you know it just kind of it was at that point housed in where the Savannah Morning News now used to be, but out on Chatham Parkway, and oh, yeah. it was sort of a property of, of the larger multimedia business, and I think that they just started jettisoning things that okay. weren't making them enough. Things know. start going online as opposed to a print. Yeah, yeah. That, it was actually right around that time, even like a little before, but that's eventually what happened. But okay. a couple years later, so that was a couple years I kind of bounced around town a little bit and did some freelancing, and ended up at Connect, and I yeah. was, like again, like so, grateful for the opportunity and Jim Marikas who is now the editor of the Savannah yeah. and um, and Rachel, I mean he just allowed me to have free reign over over what I wanted to write about did so, you approach him and say you wanted to do a no he or? I had actually won best of Savannah for best blogger I had oh. um, that was another thing that I had been doing I wrote a blog the called blog. yo yenta 
for, I started that for a Jewish dating site back in California when my, um, in, in a, a company that my brother had started and the company didn't, JDate didn't buy it. And, but I kept <laughs> doing, I kept doing the, the blog for it for Yo Yenta. It's still up if you want to look at it. Were you on Blogger on Blogspot? I wasn't on Blogspot. I was on WordPress. Okay. And I remember that era of blogs. Yeah, I had a exactly. Blogger, and blog. it was very, it was very dedicated. And when I, I mean, I wrote it for 14 years. I mean, wow. there's still, you know, so I kind of. But once I started full time at Connect, it really it was a lot of. I wrote three stories a week for almost seven years. Oh, you did and, that many! Wow. Yeah, and so, um, and when I left, I, I wanted to put them into a book because my, you know, I call her my anti mentor, but like because but my my anti mentor and friend, Jane Fishman, had done the same. She had taken her columns from the Savannah Morning News over the years periodically and put them into and collected them into books. And so I asked her, I'm like, well, do you think can I? can I do this? And she's like, why are you asking me? You know, yeah, do it, you know? And so I did. And, um, and that, and it, it, it's been my, my hope when I, because I had left media once when I published the book and it's self-published. I mean, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. What was the, what was the publication process like for that? Like what was self-publishing just starting to become a thing then? No, I think it's been a thing for, I mean, 2018, I mean, it's, you know, but I also, and, and I, explored some opportunities with other people of having other people publish it and, yeah. and, and you know looked at it but in, in terms of like its timeline and the the I don't think control is the right word because I'd love to have a partner um who could help me you know do more but uh, it, it just seemed the, the simplest way and I really just wanted to get it out because yeah. I didn't know how long I would stay relevant and I wanted to sort of um you know like keep the social capital that I had built um yes by yes you know in the community striking while the iron is hot yeah, yeah so so we I did it through create space which is now KDP publishing which is an arm of Amazon which is you know a terrible thing however very accessible um my friend Molly Hayden who I think you probably know as well who um wrote for the paper and wrote about arts and is a wonderful person she designed the whole book, laid it out, took the cover photo, did yeah. it all for me. Where and where are you lying to in the cover photo? Where is that? Um located? that's Monterey Square. Okay. And the way that, that I mean that was another like wonderful Savannah um uh, uh not the word oh it comes to like me a later. Savannah moment. It's a very it dreamy a Savannah, beautiful well, it was a Savannah photo. moment and um I had just come from uh, Francis Allen's Second Line Memorial Service. So Francis Allen was this wonderful um, community, I want to say like a clown because he was just so fun and jolly, but he was very active in a lot of Savannah. Um, he was just a good citizen. Yeah. He was always showed up for people. He was always organizing. He's just a great, oh, great guy. He was a man about town. He was a man about town. And his wife, Leslie Lovell, um, owned uh, Roots, Up, owns Roots Up Gallery. Anyway, yeah. so that day, and I had scheduled, I, I knew I had put the book together and I wanted to shoot the cover. And I... The photographer, my friend, there was like who was supposed to show up didn't, and Molly was there, and I was like, "Could you just take this picture for me?" Oh, and she was like, funny. "Sure." Wow. And it was just like an afternoon in Monterey Square. Did you decide that you wanted to be lying down and like partially obscured? Yes, you, I you, wanted you designed it, that. Yeah, I, I that I, I wanted it. I wanted people to look at it and think, "Is she drunk? Is she dead? Right. Like, what is happening here?" So, <laughs> um, it's very dreamy to me. It just feels I, like, and, and you describe this in one of the essays in the book, but just being so hot and like just having to lay down in the grass and take a moment. And yes, that's what I feel like the photo is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's very hot. Great. So yeah. I'm very excited because then I feel like I'm, I. 
uh, the, the cover of the new book, which is called The Camellia Thief, which is, um, you know, one of my favorite hobbies, yeah. stealing camellias during <laughs> camellia season. Um, I'm, I think that is, I, I hope it will be equally as impactful. Cause I, I, it, it, I, I saw it and it, ma- it, it makes me laugh every time yeah. I look at it. So. How did you, so when you published this, how do you decide at the beginning how many copies to do? Mm, and did you do really events good around town? Like how do you do that? So I think what I did with my initial run is I think I ordered like 300 copies. And, and to this day I order them and then I sell the I, I sell them to the book lady and to East Shavers, mm-hmm. who have both been both of those shops are wonderful, and you know I know in the longevity of them both amazing. Well, oh, absolutely! I mean, they do so, and they're so different too. Yes. I, that's what's really amazing is that you know Savannah has both of these independent bookshops, which yes. have unique personalities. They are unique a stone's stock. throw from each other. A stones throw from each yeah. other, and really run by passionate, wonderful people. So yeah. and there's room for. For all oh, definitely, definitely. So, um, and and uh, I'm sorry, I lost. My oh, you're saying so you ordered 300 copies. So I ordered of it. 300, and so and the, and I have this was like five years ago. So every time they get low, I just ordered, I just order a few more, and okay. you know sometimes it seemed like there was like a real lull, like in 20 before I started um, my Substack, the Savannah Sideways Substack. I I was like, well, I guess I guess it's over. They had, it had it sold pretty well. I maybe had sold like. I mean, maybe it sold six to eight hundred copies over the over a couple of years, yeah. and um, and then, but it kept kept trickling in. So I kept, you know, I I deliver some, and you know, to to each bookstore. Yeah. They are also um, it never completely ended. No, and then um, once I started the Savannah Sideways Substack newsletter in twenty May of twenty twenty one, and I got a shout out to my girl Ruby McGorry because she is the one who. You know, I was so distraught. Like, I felt like I woke up from COVID and I'm like, who are all these people? What happened to my city? What yeah. is going on? Yes, yeah, so it was a year into COVID. Yeah, right? Exactly. And it was so, and it was kind of, I guess I was being maybe, maybe it was being a little obnoxious. And she was like, listen, I think you need to write down your thoughts. Yeah. Had you, constructive. So had you had a while where you weren't really writing much? And so you had a yeah. lot building up in your head? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it was building up in my head. Like, I, um, If you want to talk about writing, I feel like I'm the worst. Like I feel like I I remember always being I'm I write when I have a deadline. I write when I have a, a an audience that I know it's going to go to. Yeah. Um, I although I, I don't really you know I, I like I'm excited to have an audience, but I feel like I, I you know I'm and I'm hoping it's you know it lands. Um, and. But like when I'm not and I don't have anything to do, I'm like, what's this vague angst I'm feeling constantly? But I don't really, feel, you know, if I don't feel like it, I'm not gonna. I don't think that's unusual. I'm like that with art too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a lot, just the fact that you just said about the angst, I was gonna just mention just formally about your writing. You do, a, it's a lot of metaphors. And I wrote down this one line that I love that said, I'm used to dragging along low-level existential angst like Linus's blanket, which I loved. And I was like, I feel like that too. That seems oh. like a really good description. People nowadays, and if you're paying any kind of attention in the news, it's always just a little, yeah, like a little blanket or a little cloud. Well, I mean, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot going on. And so I, I do find that, um, like, 
writing as a way to connect with other people. So I always yes. like people are like, I love writing. I'm like, uh, I don't love writing. Like it's not my fun thing to do. The actual sitting down and like churning the out the sitting words. down and churning it out and like dreaming things up. Like I've I've started many novels. I've you know not like the making things up. I'm just very I'm, I I feel like the writing is the deliverable for the privilege of getting to run around and ask people questions or to like have the the time and justification to sit around and just think about things and try to work things oh, through totally, yeah. or to yeah. visit new places or to or to like give platform to somebody that I think is interesting and yes. doing good work or yes. is cool and and it, you know things that interest me so I feel that the writing is like the is the material like the, yeah like I said it's yeah, like the deliverable the yeah that and I'm I, I I'm stoked that it's worked out this way. <laughs> yeah, I can say, I feel like, like for you, you know, you kind of maybe, like you said, you're going around, you're meeting people, you're formulating ideas. It's a lot like in your head and it's all germinating. And at the end, you can get it down as a thought to communicate with people. And like you said, it was like a year into COVID and you were like a racehorse in your head, lots of stuff running around. And Ruby was like, you need to get this stuff out. Yeah, yeah. she was great. And she designed <laughs> the logo. I mean, she's really... Yeah. So your subsect, for people who don't know me, it's like, it's just like another blog. It's just a play where Right, and so what's interesting essays. about that is it, that it's not like a blog is that built into the platform is the ability to subscribe and monetize, which I have struggled with figuring out how to do that. Mm -hmm. And so being able for people right now, I, I, um, I periodically close off past archives so that if you're a paid subscriber of Savannah Sideways, you have access to that, but yes. not, and, you, and you're only able to comment and leave comments if you're a subscriber. But I still keep most of the content free to read um, because I, it's information that I, I don't know, it's about Savannah. I feel like I want people to know things that are, you know, yeah, yeah, they wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> there's information there I promise you won't get anywhere else, you know? <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, you, like you said, you're, you're kind of a public service where you're trying to promote people and small businesses and things. I wouldn't want. consider myself a public service, <laughs> but you know, a public menace, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> That, yeah, that could add to your bio, public menace. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that idea that you said about trying to figure out what aspects to put for, like, the paid subscribers is very interesting. And I feel like, you know, the people listening to these interviews, it's other people who are at different points in their creative mm -hmm. journeys and are looking for advice about, you yeah. know, somebody who's doing it professionally. Like, these are things to think about that you, the proportion of things that you're providing for free mm -hmm. and then the fact that you close off the old archives to pay, that's an interesting way to do it. I, yeah. I mean, it's not, and it's not an exact science. I, um... But I do hesitate to put everything behind a paywall only because I'm like, well, because I know myself and I know that sometimes I won't, it takes me sometimes before I, you know, subscribe to something. We all, oh my gosh, I mean, subscription fatigue is real. I mean, how yeah. many, and I've had emails. people say, listen, I can't, I can't, they write, to, they're like, I, I gotta give up my subscription because I, my, I have like so many, I gotta do, so it's gotta come somewhere. And I'm like, no problem. Yeah. And that's why like, it's, it's free to read. Right, the love is free. You know, I think that the people who are, who want to and are able to, to support me, I'm, I'm super grateful. I am. I wish I could support everybody as well. But I've, I mean, I have a, a you know my people. I, I've, I've subscribed to Front Porch Improv since at the beginning. They're That's pretty great, awesome, yeah. and you know. But yeah. we all have our and then the you Savannian. Know, and the Savannian, absolutely. And you know, so and I have a Savannah Morning News subscription as well because oh, I think cool. they're actually doing a really. They do a really great job. They do. Really yeah, job. I love the articles. You just you can't read the comments. Oh, Online. you don't want to. Yeah. Seriously, you don't want to. Like, stay out of the comments. Yes. Promise. I really, there's no, <laughs> I don't, you know, I have to say, like, I, I, I think I save a lot of time that way. I do not, I just do not engage 
in any of those forums on and when I and when I like accidentally fall into a hole on yeah. Facebook, I'm like, no, no, no. This is Tamara. I just wanted to jump in and say that the audio got a little weird here, but it was basically just me reading back to Jessica a quote from her book that I loved. To this adopted daughter, being Southern is to own the good, the bad, and the ugly, and then to work for better. It is a bittersweet road to hoe, which is probably why we put so much GD sugar in our tea. And here the conversation continues from that quote. To be Southern is a I mean, that's a, that's a big backpack to unpack, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> the history here is, it is what it is. There's no changing it. And I don't, and I, how to go about like that. I mean, first of all, I mean, taking, teaching it in school would help. I guess that's how you start. You know, yeah. that would be really helpful if we taught the truth about what, the, the multi-layered history that is here. Um, and it's fascinating, yeah. Actually, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just a matter. It's just it's a matter of time and of numbers, just sheer population, and the as over time and just the city's growing, mm-hmm. the countryside changing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, from your lips to God's ears. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, it was interesting. Like, I feel like just from the election of 2016 on, that it became not so much a matter of like that the, the North and the South were different, but the cities versus rural was the difference in, in every single state. Like everywhere mm-hmm. in the country, it's a matter mm-hmm. of like cities versus rural. So it just is like within each state, the tipping point of the cities versus the rural. And so we are like very, very slowly, like a little ink dropper mm-hmm. of tints of blue coming about. Well, I mean, that is as long as, you know, the constitution and the democ- democracy that is intact right now, you know, stays, stays that way. It's a, it's a, key, it's a key aspect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, that sounds like this is a good moment. We are going okay. to take a short break okay. and we'll be back. I'm again, this is Tamara Garvey and I'm with Jessica Lee Libos, the author of Savannah Sideways. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance, the impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience. Trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannatree.org. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. More information can be found at brighterdayfoods.com. What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community-focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do 
do your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to WRUU.org right now and make a one-time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station, 107.5 FM. Hey, welcome back to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey, and I have the pleasure of sitting with the author of Savannah Sideways, Jessica Lee Lebos. Welcome back. Yeah. And I wanted to chat about, um, in, in the book, you have, uh, it's, it's, it's a really, it's just a charming collection of sort of like whimsical adventures that you go on and a lot <laughs> of names of people around town. And since this is, um, this episode is going to air two days before St. Patrick's Day, one thing I wanted to point, point out, there was one story where you talk about going to the parade committee headquarters <laughs> and speaking to, let's see if I get this right, General Chairman Brendan Sheehan, right, about trying to be on the, yeah, you founded the committee, you have to be almost anointed from birth and you have to be a man. <laughs> well, St. Patrick's Day is just one of these, those enduring traditions of Savannah that everybody can participate in. And so, I mean, like a million people come here yeah. so that they can participate in it too. And it, it's kind of great you know so the activities coming up there's going to be like the graining of the fountain oh yeah and what was the other there was another one that was at a church and then a right so i have walk gosh forgive me but there's a there's a special prayer morning that you know that really is you know i think it's a personal thing i think that's the the heritage part of it you know i mean it's you know just like jewish holidays like you know everybody wants to party on Purim, but you know there's a there's a, a a sacredness to it and that is something that i also respect very much about you know the irish community has its own traditions that you know that it shares with the whole all of Savannah and all the visitors and it's it's pretty great (laughs) yeah I loved your I mean your kind of like takeaway at the end of the story is that the whole thing is just about faith and family and neighborhood and community and all that yeah um and in another story you talk about trying to chase down a fox in Bonaventure Cemetery is that Buddy the Fox is that who that is I believe is he a famous fox he is a famous fox but you know there I and I've actually seen foxes in other cemeteries as well that's I think that's they're kind of lurking they're kind of lurking I think you know it's probably there's there's usually water and yeah I wonder if whatever they're trying to eat I wonder if that tends to be around cemeteries voles and moles and rats and mice and you know (laughs) there's an artist in the gallery that I'm in gallery 209 Rebecca Sipper, I'll give her a shout out. She has some beautiful paintings of Buddy the Fox. So Aww. he's like a real, he's like a, like Savannah lore kind uh-huh. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another, in another story you mentioned, um, you talk about ghosts in the pink house. And I wanted to ask you, where, where do you think are the most haunted places in Savannah? Oh, that's a good question too. I mean, I think like, you know, there's sort of this you know, I mean, there's like an exploitation of those stories and like that, you know, but I mean, even places, you know, when you go down and you're like, you know, if you go for go down like below River Street to me, it's just teeming yeah. with ghosts. And factors it's, walk. And factors walk. I mean, because yeah. it's so, yeah, absolutely. Factors because, walk you know, is so, so creepy and weird. Well, I mean, creepy and weird. And again, like, you know, the, the reason why, you know, it, it's our it's our perception like you walk around and you feel that creepiness so you know we're all we're all energetic beings and like if you're the, the energy of what happened in the first hundred years of Savannah yeah it was I mean intense and 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 violent and yes and painful violence and, illnesses 
all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, you're walking around Savannah, you're literally walking on broken bones. I mean, this is the, you know, all of Oglesthorpe Street is is the old Jewish cemetery. Yeah. Calhoun Square is the African American burial grounds. Like this is the whole city is haunted and. To me, like, so, like, these sort of, you know, these individual things and things that happen, but the, to me, it's just, like, a feeling, and it's not always creepy, actually. I think, you know, there's this sense of walking through the squares at night when it's, you know, it's quiet, and, you, you know, there's, like, a silent owl that goes past you, and you have this sense of being somewhere where there's, a, like, a lot of time kind of built up and sort of happening the, at the same time. The residues of once, what, what once was, you can still feel it here because there's like because a lot of the buildings are the same things have yeah. been undisturbed i mean maybe other places don't feel as haunted because you know you mow something down and you build it right back up and right. you don't you know i think this interesting point here with when you're walking through the squares in downtown that and the houses and then also the trees since the, oh, the, the since the live oak trees are a few hundred years old so if you imagine people hundreds of years old were walking and they were seeing the exact same things yeah. that we saw the trees and houses and then the insects in the trees like they were hearing the same things that we yeah. hear screaming cicadas I love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah the constant buzz at night I really really love it mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then I wonder how long has the paper mill been around I wonder for how many decades people have had the the random paper mill smell oh maybe it, you know used, newer, I mean, it, well it used to be a lot worse <laughs> so actually there's a really interesting the the paper will I believe was built like in I don't remember post World War II, I imagine, okay. and so that's a good um, amount of time. And absolutely polluted and killed this river. It was so um, the water quality was so poor, things were dying. Everything was, and and they were, and the, and, and the city of Savannah just dumped right into the Savannah River. In the late 1960s, Ralph Nader, who or at the, sorry, it was the 70s, Ralph Nader, who um, was a, a, a scientist and a big com- a consumer expert brought a team of people here to Savannah, wrote a book called The Water Lords. I encourage everybody, the book lady will have okay. copies. It's been out of print and then it goes back into print. The Water Lords, it's fascinating. And it's about how this small group of people basically got the paper mill to stop dumping toxic chemicals into the Savannah River. Now I'm not saying it's clean wow. now, I wouldn't bathe in it, but it's a lot cleaner than it was. And, that's, and, and it's part of what led to the Clean Water Act. The Savannah River oh. in particular, fed the, okay. the the legislation that eventually became the Clean Water Act saying that industry cannot dump toxic chemicals and harm yeah, our environment and everybody lives downstream. So the, the problem is, and the Savannah River Keeper, the Ogeechee River Keeper, the Altamaha River Keeper, all of them have issues with still have issues with industry and regulating industry and keeping these waterways clean because these waters dump into our oceans everything is connected yeah you know so yeah i'm sorry we were talking about what i got no it's fascinating <laughs> but you know it's it's also garbage and styrofoam clamshells and you know we all just need to be way better we just need to be a lot less messy y'all yeah i want to talk so in your um your Substack, which is your, your your recent writings, where you you know you, you publish a piece and then it gets emailed out to everybody, and you did a recent one that I guess struck a real nerve that was about Savannah Savannah difficult, oh, Savannah and so you, difficult. So you did two of them two, two weeks <laughs> yeah. in a row. You wrote about Savannah difficult, Aww. and you talked about things that make people insane here, and you mentioned <laughs> municipal frustrations, um, and then the little things that you mentioned also like there was people not RSVPing and then showing up late, Mm -hmm. throwing fast food trash out of car windows, and then just disposable plasticware and styrofoam in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the styrofoam aspect here, it's it's fascinating to how many businesses to come across here that are still working in styrofoam. 
you know, I mean, people, business people make decisions because it makes economic sense to them. It's what makes sense to them. And the bottom line, you know, if for them paying a few cents more for something that's compostable, they that's they feel like they have to set, save that money. Okay. Um, I I don't know how I don't know how you you can try and legislate that, and that just makes people mad. People don't want to be told what to do. That's that was the best the Savannah Difficultism. Savannah Difficult, by the way, was Mark Lebos came up with that in describing himself, which is totally accurate. Savannah Difficult. He's totally Savannah Difficult. <laughs> like he you know he doesn't want you know he thinks all dogs should be in leashes and there should be, but he takes like our dog to Henny Penny. Ridiculous. Like he's a, you know anyway. Savannah Difficult. Savannah Difficult is. You know, no one likes, no one knows what to do and they're not doing it like, you know, the things that make the most sense, but nobody wants to be told what to right, do. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Like pe people are just going to do what they're going to do, but making the choice as a business owner to switch to compostable materials seems like a pretty easy, um, an easy thing to do. And again, and, and that's just capitalism in general. I think that it's, you know, just because it's the cheapest solution doesn't mean it's the best one. And people, I think, ought to, you know, even people who are just working with numbers ought to think of the human impact of, of every decision that they yeah, make. Yeah, yeah. And the th I mean, business-wise, you never know how many people might be turned off by your decision to use styrofoam. Oh, uh, there are choose, definitely businesses, and then choose not to eat. There at your are place. definitely businesses in this town that I do not patronize because of their, because of that, and because you know they can be jerks. Maybe but but I do. I personally very much support businesses that um, are that that take a stand and and are are. are trying to make sustainable choices. Green Truck yeah. Pub, shout out to them. Whitney and Josh are the best. Like they're great, yeah. you know, so many other. Um, even here, here here at Super Bloom, where we are right now, they use oat straws, compostable, sentient bean, absolute pioneer yeah. in that department. They've been doing compostable stuff and like helping people sort their garbage and recyclables forever. So yeah, so lots of, to it tends to be like the, a lot of the locally, locally owned places tend yeah. to be really good at this. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, to be, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but like we have no impact on anything corporate ever. None of us do. And that's why like everything, the only thing that really matters is what you do and you don't buy in, in a place. So when you yeah. patronize a local business, you are, not, so you're keeping your money in, in the community. You're helping out a neighbor and friend, like you're building the foundation on which you live. Like it's, it's not just a, you know, philanthropic thing to patronize a local business. It's helpful for you. Right. Personally, like it's, yeah. a, it's a win-win. Yeah. So like people I encourage everybody. And that's, you know, though, that's the underlying message of everything I try to, to, to put out there is to help people realize that Savannah is very special place and that it, it only stays special if you, if you put your actual money right. and you and you and you patronize the businesses, you know that are that are supporting Savannah itself. So, you know, and, and it's not you can't do that perfectly, and not every, you know. I mean, it, you know, it, people. Right, exactly. But you've got to do your best. You got to do. You know, yeah, we all yeah. have to keep doing With it. Your, and keep doing your it. money and your time and your effort. Mm -hmm. You have to put the effort in yeah. to continue to make it yeah. keep it well. I mean, it's easy to go out to the south side and just eat at a chain restaurant, and right. you know, and there's great, there's great um, mom and pop restaurants out there too. You know that we support. I have a thing like this in in my art where there's um, you know, we all have to order our supplies from certain companies. Mm -hmm. There's this really big company called Uline that people mm -hmm. order from. Yeah, it's very easy. Yeah. Things come really paper, fast. Paper. It's very cheap. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they, I guess they. They, you know, are really affiliated with a lot of, like, 
right wing donations and things. So I, you know, I, that's like my thing, my line in the stand. So I order from places that are not you line, even though it maybe costs a little more. You have to wait a little bit longer, but it's my effort. You talk about, okay, I wanted to talk for a moment about the the flora of Savannah because you, a lot, I feel like a lot of your uh, uh, oof, am I saying that right? Is about the camellias and the azaleas. I think personally, I think the best azaleas are in Bonaventure Cemetery. Mm. And right now they're really peaking, mm-hmm. right? Right now is we are like, mwah, just <laughs> yes. peak azalea right now. Yeah. Do you have s- some suggestions of where people can go for oh my God, flower just watching? Drive up, drive up <laughs> Abercorn Street, but Bonaventure is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, everybody's yards right now. I mean, it really is a collective just exhale of everything <laughs> everything unfurls at once you know unlike the camellias which actually bloom at different times and you know these we're at peak azaleas and it'll be i think it's going to keep going yeah. for like a little a few more weeks there's some azaleas in the fall right it's like, yeah like there is different... like some that that postdate it i you know i prefer camellias because you can't take azaleas inside if you ever try to chop you, you mean the actual plant yep. okay i so i like to collect camellias oh. and put them all over my house so yes i appreciate them outside everything is beautiful outside but there's a that's why I'm, i call myself the camellia thief because i really love surrounding myself in my house like with them in glass dishes and putting them i mean they're my whole oh, that's cool. they're everywhere yeah. like every you know bowl yes. type of I mean, vessel is azaleas full. come in many colors camellias also come in many oh, yeah. colors they have a variegated like a red white one there, that I there love. are so many there are yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and i'm in my new book actually i interview um jean from jean's nursery which many of the camellia trees probably in savannah that are in people's yards and backyards probably yeah. came from oh. because his father started the business and then he took it over and he you know all of these different and um these so he's populated savannah with he's camellias. populated savannah and that was a big part of if you ever wanted the best camellias in town during the season or at the bamboo gardens at the coastal um gardens over on i-17 okay yeah that's but the kind of factor i was looking yes, for yes no it's, and it's like coastal <laughs> gardens it used we used to just call it the bamboo gardens but it's much more and it's kind of does cool. have it's a beautiful place and they yeah. like i love yeah and their instagram is amazing okay. so I want to say I should look it up so I can I can tell you because I want everybody to go follow it because it is really keep up with the adventures of the camellias. Yes, and whoever is doing that page, I've not met her before, but she's um, she does a wonderful job. Where's the the Jeans place? Where is that located? The Jeans the is actually store? now closed, but you'll have to read uh, my okay. book to find out the coastal coastal Georgia botanical gardens. Okay, out on I seventy. We'll follow them. There okay, we go. Okay. okay. There's another, um, a cool thing that I found in your book. You talked about, there was a musical called Johnny Mercer and Me at the Lucas in 2016. Will you talk a little about that and about Miriam? Okay. Well, <laughs> what you really need to do is have Miriam come on here for herself <laughs> because she is really, um, she wrote, she knew Johnny Mercer and wrote a play about him. And um, she's, she is a real character. She's 96 years old. She grew up in Savannah. She has a book called, um, Scarlett O'Hara can go to hell. And I'm actually going to be interviewing her on a panel along with Jonathan Rabb for the Jewish Writers Panel oh. as part of the Jewish Cultural Arts Festival that's happening all through March. And that's at the end of Fantastic. the month. We'll definitely yeah. link to that. I think it's March, uh, last week of March, and it's going to okay. be at the new East Shaver Gingerbread House. Oh, in Sterling. Yeah, in Sterling. So if you, you know. Shout out to them too. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Miriam, Miriam is, is quite a character. Johnny Mercer like remains this 
really, you know, mythic figure for Savannah. Yeah. So she had, but she had like personal stories about him. So there's a musical that was, yeah. do yeah. you think that, the, will the musical come back ever? Is it? You know, I know it is her it dream. I know she would love, love, love to see yeah. it staged in New York. That That is, you know, but as she says, you know, she's like, I'm 96. I haven't got much time left. Well, I mean, New York, like the New York publications, like the New York Times is always writing about Savannah. I know, so I could, really. I could totally see them uh-huh. jumping up. Who can we write to? <laughs> Who can we tell? I don't know. Can we reach out to John Barrent and just be like, she knows Do you him. She's friends with him. Yeah. yeah. So he, they got to be really Get close. That's what I'm saying. She, you know, knew all of that era. She was right in the thick of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had a, I was looking at your, I was on your Instagram. Last December, you had a garden book party in Madison Square. Was, was that particular event? Oh, well, that yeah. wasn't for me. That was an, uh, by invitation of, um, Chef Lauren, who is at the um, at the DeSoto, and she's just, she is an artist, chef, tremendous person, oh. and she dreamed up. She, um, I guess, you know, they have uh, conventions, and there was a convention of meeting planners who was coming to the DeSoto, and she wanted to plan something spectacular for them. So she had she planned this. Um, event in Madison Square and was doing stations and she was pairing local authors with a drink and a snack and it was so wow, dreamy so and cool. I mean I literally showed up and she had designed and her um her her second in command her deputy uh Lexi Bellman her whole staff that was such a, an amazing event I was so, so creative so what were you paired with um oh gosh I think it was like a, it was like an old fashioned. She was calling it like new fashioned. Okay. And, um, it was like some kind of delicious. Oh, it was like smoked. Cause I was like, what? Well, she's like, what do you like to do? I'm like, I'm a, like a tinned fish kind of girl. I love like sardines, salty, salty things. So it was like, I think sardines on some A lot of delicious. Jewishness coming out yeah, right now. Yeah. I can't, you know what? You listen, wanted like gefilte fish? I, I, I wasn't, no, not gefilte fish, <laughs> but more like, you know, like the cute tin, like, you know, I love anchovies and yeah. things like that. <laughs> um, Let's see. What so this is this this show is coming out Wednesday the fifteenth, and it is the day after will be a Savannah Slithering Parade oh, yes. happening yes. in Starland. Is it going to be? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like that's a little. Well, I mean, you'd have to like that's not my event. Yeah, I mean, no. they're, I think I know they're doing again this year, and they're doing all kinds of workshops and lighting lanterns. Yes. They are they're lovely people. I believe that it's going to it's Thursday evening. Look at their page. I, um, yeah. So if you just kind Savannah of like Slithering, Savannah slithering or. Um, I think they call them the the the, the crew of the hum, humble hedonists. Yes. And so, but I, I think they're starting out at Lone Wolf, and it's super family it's friendly. I had, a lo- I had an awesome time, and then yeah. they end up here at Starlin Yard, and it's like a, a really like great event for was people to celebrate. The last one was like the night before Halloween, right? Is it always sort no, of like no, no? no night it was right the night before, before um, St. Patrick's. Was Day. it always okay? Yeah. I don't so, know why. For some reason, I thought there was a Halloween thing too, but they probably did. They yeah. probably did do so. They're super creative and like. Those are the two out. big holidays in yeah, Savannah, right? Exactly. Those are major holidays. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about just? I mean, I know you said that you. <laughs> you said, as far as writing, you're the worst one to talk about writing. But you are just about to have your second book come out, and you're a regular writer. So I want to hear a little bit about your, what is your your routine or your non-routine, or what do you formally do? Well, for so the book, The Camellia Thief and Other Tales, Savannah Sideways, Volume 2, um, is similarly the same format, collection of, of essays that I've written weekly over the last several years. 
And um, so I have a weekly deadline, and that's how I, I manage to compile enough material to put into a book. Yeah. And again, Jane Fishman, who was, you know, I called her my unmentor earlier, and she, you know, showed me that that, you know, that's the way. And I've met, I've been to um, other columnist conferences. I actually have won a couple of awards um, from the National Society of Newspaper Columnists um, once in 2017 wow. and two, last year in 2022. Um, for week, you know, weekly columnists in whatever format. And was so, that about the Substack or about the Connect? Um, the like, first one was that? the first one was uh, material from the Connect yeah. that's in the book, and the um, and this last year's was from the Substack. That's cool that they look at things like that. Well, you, I mean, you, it's, you submit. I yeah. mean, I submitted it, but okay. I was really honored to be chosen for that. And that um, so putting those things together, you know, and and it's different than having it pieced out week by week. So seeing them together and all in one format, I think presents a picture of Savannah during a certain time. Yes that if you were here or you weren't here, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna see it from a, a singular perspective and yeah. I hope an entertaining one. If somebody is newer to town, they can get that book and then research back just a few years before they yeah. arrived. Yeah, yeah. And see the same names around yeah. town, which is amazing. Yeah, and there are a lot of them are. There's a lot of repeat characters for sure <laughs> in this characters. book. Yeah. Do you, where do you go to write? I go to my big messy desk in my in, in what is like the dining room of our house okay. with, that, with my dogs. And I would love, I, when I was a young writer, I was such a pain in the butt. Like I, you know, I just sit with my journal out and my pen and I would just, you know, ostentatiously write in public. And I don't, I, I got stuff, I got work to do. I, I you know, I'm, get, I get to, I'm pretty intense ADD. And so like finding, I mean, I'm 51 and I have been a working writer professional, you know, maybe a professional working writer since I was 23. And um, it really, it's it's all about your butt in the chair and sitting and, you know, I get get to go out and do the things and, but I know at the end, I I know that there's going to be eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, sometimes 15 hours spent on each essay. Oh, wow. And, and going, you know, and just needing to, um, you know, doing laundry in between and dealing with the dogs. I will say though, yeah. my so my my daily um, and I have other projects. So I'm a freelancer. I'm really grateful. I have like great good paying things. That um, I'm a copywriter for uh, like Amy's Organics, which I don't know if yeah, I'm like, you know. Yeah. Um, so if you read the the new like the new like you know gluten free pizza, I wrote that copy. That's, you know? that's like, crazy. You know, some <laughs> some offshoots of writing just to keep well, and that then, part again of those are going. then those of all like relationships that just have been built over the years. Um, I work for a nonprofit called Kiva. I'm really proud of the work that I did with them last year, um, and that's a micro lending platform. I learned oh, a lot, right. and yes. I got to tell the stories of people who have utilized this service, who have whose lives have changed. I mean, it's really and it's I'm, a worldwide. That's program, a, it's, right? it's a global, that. it's a global nonprofit. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I do a lot of copy work for Savannah Bee Company, oh, cool. which is an amazing local company. Yeah, really, just tremendous creative people they care so much about the environment what they're doing amazing honey buy local honey buy yes. local honey but it helps with the pollen have you gone to their apiary at all oh yeah i want to well, go visit you absolutely should they have a wonderful place out on wilmington island that is but they are moving there's building an incredible complex out by across from the new arena and they have a, a, a oh, new and you can read more about that actually on savannah agenda which is another great local website that I got to plug. Eric Curl um, worked, used to work for the newspaper and always wrote about civic and civil and writes about, you know, development in the city. So that's where you want to go because that okay. stuff 
is not my purview. He is much better at telling like this apartment's going to be, you know, going to be going here. And so okay. a lot of information to collect in different places. We don't really have a collated space for that anymore. And that's kind of the way of the world. So, yeah. you know, we just kind of kind of, you know, share information like we're doing here. Yeah, it's kind of a matter of like looking at your Substack, looking at Savannah Agenda, looking the Savannian. Yeah, through all exactly. three of these, you can put together mm-hmm. piece and the Savannah Morning News, like you mentioned. Um, what is your what's your plan for St. Patrick's Day? So our uh, tradition, my husband and I, we will ride our bikes. We're in green, of course. We'll have a blood, probably <laughs> might have a Bloody Mary at the house, but you know, not. It's not really the day. You gotta, you know, we're older now. We can't just start. Okay. <laughs> we can't start too early. But um, we will ride down and watch the parade and visit with friends, and then. Uh, my, fa- my father-in-law, who is a wonderful man, Dr. Harvey Lebos, he's a retired oncologist. He loves, his tradition is that he loves to host us for lunch at the Chatham Club, which Aww. is at the top of the DeSoto. He's been a member there for a long time. Yes. That's a really like wonderful like treat and privilege to go up so there. after the parade. It's like, uh, yeah, like after the parade. So you're looking down at like the teeming the masses. The throngs, the throngs. Yeah. And, so, and it's, it's always such a neat crowd of, of old Savannah up there. Yeah. And really, you know, we get to see families. So that's what that'll be. And then, I don't know, that we, we, and then we bike home yes. and, and take and go to bed early. And just go nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like me. I, I feel so locals either, you know, love the parade and are into St. Patrick's mm-hmm. Day or they're like, oh my God, no, I'm leaving the state. You know, there's like, it's like there's no. You know, it doesn't. I, 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 do I love find that later in the afternoon is really when things get, um, get real messy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that, I think that especially last year since it was like the you know the glorious the first one after return i thought we, I, we had a wonderful time last year it was so good to see everybody out and even with all the visitors savannah still feels like a small place that people know each other and there's lots and lots of connections yeah and so and everybody seemed to be having a really good time yes it was fun in like a a wholesome, upbeat way, and not yeah. a terrible. Yeah. I think I think we're in for more of the same. I do the same. Yeah, I, I, like, I go downtown for the parade, and then I come back out to Starland and enjoy gotcha. out here. And, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be downtown all day yeah. and night because again, yeah, not not in my twenties anymore, so I can't. Yeah. Handle it. <laughs> um, d- will you do you want to talk about just timeline for this upcoming book and anything else that you want people to know oh my about? God, I'm like about timeline. Ah. Other than so, I'll, you know, I'll post links to your Instagram and your Substack, and then You're anything amazing. else you want people to know. So up. the book. Um, I'm aiming for like I think like a mid to later April release, and there will be a you know there'll be a launch. It'll be on my Instagram. I'll talk about it. And, you okay. know, um, will there be a party? And there will be yeah. a party. I ho- I'm hoping uh, several parties. I think that um, there's like a lot of different things I want to do, different readings and different um, partnerships with other like you know different businesses. I really right. like to uh, pair things um and raise money for other organizations i you know i think like the more the merrier and the more people team together and the more collaboration goes on the better and And yeah i mean your whole book is just name checking and mentioning so many local businesses so you might as well partner with everything i totally i totally agree because i really again i i want people to to know not that you know everybody has their own opinions about things i don't think like what i think is like the best and the only at all and especially now the city has grown so much in the last years i and I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to keep up. That's for y- y- y'all youngs, you know. I mean, I'm just. This is, this is my experience. I love this city. I want to meet and know as much as I possibly can, and that's, that's what I'm doing. 
You're like the Carrie Bradshaw. Oh my yeah, god! Right? I, I, uh, you know, oh. I guess I, you know what? I'm not. You write gonna, a column. You go out and talk to people. You get dressed and, up. And and you know what? I will say is like the new show that with the and just like that, yeah. I did really love. I really am a <laughs> Sex and the City fan, and I never really thought about myself like that because she wrote about sex. Like she's like this sexy, and I was like, right. I'm like a mom. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to say this out loud because it sounds so dumb, but I mean, I would love to be thought of as like a cross between the Carrie Bradshaw of Savannah and the Joan Didion of Savannah. Because oh, okay. I like, Jim Didion's serious and, you know, got, gets a little dirty. Yes. And, and I read, when issues. she when she passed away recently, I reread Slashing Towards um, Bethlehem and I really... Uh, and there's a, there is a lot of documentation in her book, and I didn't. I've never thought of myself. I would never compare myself to her in that great. But I, but I did see that I feel like I'm trying to do the same thing as her. Is like capture a particular place in time, and you know I can only aspire to do it as well as as anybody else. You know, um, so th this is my best efforts. <laughs> well, it's wonderful. Everybody, go pick up her book and then keep an eye out for future books. And this so has been much. so much fun. Great, just Tara. Chatting Thank about you. Savannah, and yeah. I hope everybody has a awesome, safe, oh, lovely yes, St. Patrick's Day out there. So what do you say, Slante? Is that right? Slante. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Aaron, go bra. <laughs> Next up on WRUU, That Old Savannah Magic from 4 to 6 p.m. It's a variety show featuring Savannah history, radio theater, interviews, and music. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul.